Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Buffer, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Welcome to episode 157 of the Gatecast. This week's episode, Stargate SG-1, season 8, episode 3, Lockdown. This is a redo. We had a few technical issues first time around, so please bear with us. Welcome to Lockdown, take 2. As Mike said, quick and dirty since original recording didn't. Yes, just didn't. There's no no real excuse. (laughs) It just didn't. So now we're both recording it, so if these both fail, I will take it as a sign from the gods that we should have done Rising instead. Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe we should have done Rising first. Unfortunately, claws need to stay retracted. See when I'm wearing a light cotton shirt. It's like, oh, there's your belly. I like sitting on your belly. Let me need it. Ouch. Yeah. Fortunately, the other sense of areas are covered by denim. My friend Sonia suggested I get some armor. <laughs> yeah, that'd work. Clanking around. That might just scare him a bit. Right, this is a quick and dirty thing? It says it's recording. Do you trust it? Well, I've trusted it for the last couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to roll the dice on it. Sooner or later, we were going to get caught by it. Everybody does. Okay, well, I'm recording as well, just in case it fails again. <laughs> Come try ya! We have a little news this week, as the Gatecast is now carried on the Stitcher internet radio service. To find us, just do a general search under Gatecast or even Stargate. We should appear as if by magic or the equivalent advanced technology. We've also heard that Corin Nemec has joined the cast of Stargate Renegades, which became fully funded via Kickstarter a few days ago. Corin will be playing a starship captain. Many congratulations to Leonore Varela and her fellow Lucas on the birth of their first child. Matteo was born on November the 20th. Leonore guest-starred in the Stargate Atlantis episode Sanctuary as Chea Shah, and was in the recent Dallas remake few notable birthdays this week, starting with Dwight Schultz, Murdoch on the A-Team, Barkley on TNG, and the Keeper in the SG-1 episode, Gamekeeper. He celebrates on the 24th. Also on that day, Danielle Nicolette has her birthday. She played the alien Reese, who proved such a problem for the SGC and Danielle in particular. Her latest series, Family Tools, is expected to premiere early next year. On the 29th, the wonderful and talented Janina Gavankar has her birthday. She only appeared once on Stargate in the Atlantis episode, Whispers, as Sergeant Dusty Mayhair, but had recurring roles in The L Word, True Blood, The Gates and The League. She also carries a tune very well. Alas, we didn't get to record an episode this past week, so I didn't get to make the iTunes draw, which I want to do with Alan, at least at one end of the internet connection. So it's been rescheduled for the next recording session, which will be the SG-1 episode icon. Alan, at this moment, I believe, is in Wincanton celebrating Hogswatch Day. So the news for now, let's get back to the episode. of your everyday commute wish you knew what movies to watch we offer you Flash Pulp 3 to 10 minutes of fiction brought to you Monday, Wednesday and Friday evenings with goodies every Sunday with 3 Day Fish who is always listening right let me just queue up the line sit, stay, good line right so this has subtitles on by default are we ready? 
I'm ready. Number three, Everado, Ibrahim, Flicky. Fade out, fade in on Space Shop. Yep, the International Space Station, which was miraculously left intact when Anubis surrounded the planet. Mm-hmm. Continue speaking Russian through radio. I'm using a different media player, which means hopefully the audio won't fail 15 seconds in. <laughs> and since we're now 20 seconds in, that seems to have been the case. What's going on? It's a Russian team on the International Space Station. They're adjusting the orbit to avoid some debris left over from our little incident in Antarctica. The Russian advisor, Natalia, is played by Natasha Vasiluk. She's been in Blood Ties, X-Files, and also done a lot of stunt work. The cosmonaut, Arivdas Lebelunyas. Every time she had to have a go at that one. I probably got that wrong. Strangely enough, the character name is Anatoly Konstantinov, which is much easier to pronounce. Oh, I must have missed that bit when you said it initially. It looks like a piece of Lego. Several pieces of Lego glued together. It's a giant replicator block. Yeah, well, that too, but Lego. Being used to represent alien spaceships since the 70s. Battlestar <laughs> Galactic was largely Lego. Was it? The original one, the 70s one. What, the shooting model, or...? Yeah, the shooting model. I had a Battlestar Galactic album in 1979. He said if the Americans want to keep blasting alien ships out of orbit, they've got to do a better job of tracking their own mess. And there goes the signal. Приём, Толя, приём. Что случилось? Приём, приём, Толя. What's going on? I didn't know. We lost contact. <laughs> That's never good when you're on a space station. Well, Russian. No, I said the Russian with a suitably droll R. Okay. Oh, that's any good. <laughs> oh, spooky dark gas. Yes, which in retrospect is oddly uh, ancient being shaped. <laughs> Could be. Might be giving the game away too early, though. Okay, then. Lockdown. Season 8, Episode 3 of Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. Written by Joseph Melozzi and Paul Mully. Directed by Will Wearing. Mm. Got its uh, US premiere, July the 23rd, 2004, on the Sci-Fi Channel. UK, Sky 1, October the 19th. Australians got it November the 4th. And Canada, alas, had to wait till February the 16th, 2005. And there's all that really expensive CG that they use... Yeah, they're really piling it into the title sequence, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, let's throw in the title sequence. You use it lots. Shows that share this episode title. House, Morville, Carl XY, ER, the 4400, Lost, Haven and Human Target. And we're back. That went a lot smoother, because the last time I was blathering halfway through the credits, we were really trying to squeeze everything in. <laughs> That's a lot of reports. I don't think Jack is really up on his paperwork. He needs a yeoman. Maybe a blonde in uh, short skirt and boots. Wouldn't that be your woman? Man. And I believe... I'm going to compress my comments about this guy. Uh, I haven't seen him before, and I didn't see him again. My uh, reaction of Redshirt. <laughs> Colonel Alexei Vasilov, played by Gavin Hood. Who's been in the game, kickboxer, but he's also made his name as a director, working on TV and movies. Done the Breakout Kings, also Wolverine, and is currently working on Ender's Game. Very successful director. Even got an Oscar. I liked Wolverine. I was done by the fact that there's like five commentaries on the damn thing. <laughs> That's five more than the Avengers. Did you not get that? More than the official Avengers disc. Uh, After my many years of service with the Russian Air Force, I, I feel confident that I can make a positive contribution to Stargate Command. I don't have the Colton files on my disc. Do you have them in yours? I think I watched them on YouTube. If I may be so bold, sir. 
I understand that with your recent appointment as base commander, a position has become available on SG-1. I would, of course, relish the opportunity to serve on the SGC's elite team. Yes. You and everyone else on this This base. is unusual. Jack seems to have forgotten that he is the commanding officer. He should owe this officer a bit more respect. Colonel, not going to happen. I understand your reluctance, sir, but if you look at my record, I think it will satisfy any of your concerns. I have over 3,000 flight hours on more than 35 types of aircraft and prototypes. In addition, I have been awarded the High Order of Russia, the Gold Star. Yes, and isn't that it's very impressive. Very. But it's not going to get you on SG-1. Jack doesn't trust Russians. Beside the point, he's an officer. I am, of course, willing to accept the position on a different team. Colonel, until you go through the proper training, you're not going anywhere near that gate. Perhaps I could assume a role as a non-combat observer on one of the exploration units, sir. He looks like he has a rod up his butt. That's the way a Russian officer should stand. I mean, it's okay working with the people he already know and already knows him. Mm -hmm. But visiting officers, he really should treat right. He's really sort of bloody. He's trying every conceivable angle. Jack Armour is not cracking. Yes, first time around, just eager. But of course, in hindsight, all becomes clear. Foreboding. If all goes according to plan, barring any unforeseen circumstance, I will acquire possession of my apartment on Tuesday. Hey, congratulations. So when's the uh, apartment warming party? Tilt's got a house. Must have an episode about oh. it. When someone gets a new place, it's customary for them to throw a party. Would I be required to prepare a meal? No, make it potluck. We'll all bring something. Very well. Next Saturday. We need a guest star. I don't recall the guest star. I don't know really we get to it. Tilt got worried when he thought he'd have to mm -hmm. cater. Which is strange, because he always brings the donuts on a stakeout. Uh, the director, Will Wearing came up. He's done 13 episodes of SG-1, 15 of SGA, and 9 of SGU. This morning, the mess got a shipment of Yukon gold potatoes instead of the usual russets. No. No, yes. The golds don't make for good mash. Consistency's all wrong. Yeah, why do all of Jack's crazy seem to involve food? Because he's clever. If you're going to worry and have chaos, you might as well do it around a good meal. Yeah. What'd you say? Told him to make French fries instead. About the Russian. Oh. Well, I made it clear he shouldn't expect preferential treatment, that he'd have to prove himself before I'd consider him for off-world travel. He is one of the most highly decorated officers in Russian military history. At you, Carter. Really be listening to your freshly promoted colonel. She's still a little wet behind the ears. I'm not going to risk the lives of anyone under my command on a slick resume. How uncharacteristically cautious of you, sir. Yes. There's that. And there's also the fact that the Russians must be pressuring you to put them on the team. Yes, there's that too. We can't exactly blame them. We, we haven't been making good on our promises. We gave them their own team. That was two years ago. Yes, we... and most of them got killed on your watch. It was mostly their own fault. That is true, but it really looks that clear on a report. Well, knowing Jack, he probably put in the report, it was their fault. Yes, with big black arrows pointed to the names. I actually made a little holding a pen and scribbling gesture when I said that. <laughs> He has probably had a lot of communication in the background we're not privy to. Problem solved. Too much for a private conversation. Have they bugged Jack's office? Possibly. Pulled over from Hammond's time. I don't know, the more casual uniform doesn't quite suit him. He looks like he should always be in dress uniform, doesn't he? It looks like it doesn't fit properly. Well, he doesn't. Is it three-star, Colonel? Oof. That can't be good. Indeed not. You assume that's very recent. He would never have got signed if 
That's when we had the medical before he got assigned. Isn't it interesting that the surname of the colonel is quite similar to the surname of the Russian liaison officer? Actual surname? Explain. Well, he's Colonel Vasilov. Didn't you say your woman's name was pronounced similar to Vasilov? Oh, Vasilok. Yes. Huh, yeah. You didn't notice that? No, I didn't notice that. There you go. Take two has usefulness. <laughs> and I won't mention it because you've to me. I've mentioned the fact the second or third recording several times. You get irritated after a ten minutes. Minimise my mentionings. I only wish others were as open to my presence here. Yeah, don't take General O'Neill's decision personally. Well, Alexis being a little aggressive here. Mm-hmm. Frankly, his attitude is offensive. It leads me to wonder if he knows the Cold War is over. Yeah, his attitude has nothing to do with your being Russian. He's a, an equal opportunity offender. Daniel's trying to be the peacemaker, but uh, not quite working. Uh, he doesn't respond well to outside pressure. Our nations are supposed to be partners in the Stargate program. Yes, I'm well aware of the deal, Colonel. I helped broker it. Well, then you more than anyone can understand our frustration. Okay, well, what you have to realise is... Um... Again, it's hard to tell just the character of the officer or the underlying imperative. I was going to say a certain word I'll leave off if you want. Quite frankly, making demands on him right now is just bad timing on the part of your government. Colonel. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Timber. He fell like a tree. You've bored him to death, Daniel. I think the guy's ill. Coming through. A Russian. Was that Dan Shea? No, it's not. Sorry. He's somewhere on the base. No, I thought that was him wheeling the uh, gurney. No, no. What happened? I don't know. We were just talking and all of a sudden he just collapsed. All right. I know you're scheduled to go off world. We'll take care of him. And we have a new doctor. A Dr. Brightman, played by Alison Down, a Canadian actress. Been in Lost Girl, Chaos, The Killing, Battlestar Galactica and Smallville. Brightman, we hardly knew you. Oh, she sticks around for a bit. She stays living because she appears on the Stargate universe. Mm. Same character. Jack's probably thinking there's something wrong. Normally I have to look further down than this when talking to the Doctor. How's he doing? Confused. Apparently the last thing he remembers is being in Russia. He doesn't know where he is or how he got here. He's also exhibiting certain physical symptoms which have me concerned. He has lesions over 40% of his body and a highly elevated white blood count which indicates some sort of infection. Is he contagious? Yes. Go in there and touch him. Let's see. Yes. Sir, we need to examine everyone who's been in contact with this man. That's probably half the base. You want to feel his body? As I said, it's time stock bush. Now, why is Daniel with this team? Yes. They've just been on about SG-1 being a three-man team, and if one of them's going off-world... Ah, quarantine. Report back to the infirmary. Daniel's been in con... Oh, there he goes. Over the gate! Do it now! Okay, this is where... Was that an Asian SG team? Yes. (laughs) Good shooting there, Tex. Well done, Till. Sensible as always. Got him. That was a very casual sort of, you know, just standing there. I'd rate that level of tear casualness as similar to the over-the-shoulder symbiote shot. Oh, no, nothing will ever be as cool and as calm and as casual as that. Duke looks more built this season, if that's possible. It's the hair. 
which is never actually explained. It must be just a first prime or a Jaffa sort of thing that Poffers demanded. Have we actually seen any of the other first primes actually wearing the metal helmets? Maybe an office thing, you know? You shave the yeah. hair because, frankly, the metal helmet is uncomfortable enough as it is. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice anything peculiar about him, sir? I thought it odd he was shooting up the gate room. He reacted immediately after the gate was shut down. Why was he so desperate to go through? Does he have any of Colonel Vasilov's symptoms? No lesions yet, but that may just be a matter of time. He's only been there half a day. That's true. Who knows what he was doing on the plane and uh, drive over. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not suffering from the same condition. If an infection reaches the brain, it can manifest itself in a variety of ways, from memory loss to full-blown psychosis. You don't think it's a coincidence? Seems unlikely, sir. I think there's a high probability that we have a contagion on the base. This is the Stargate Command. There's no such thing as coincidences, Jack. Depends if you watched the Red Dwarf episode that was on last night. Which I haven't yet. Uh, Okay, I'll stop talking. Contact all teams that are off-world. Tell them the SGC is off-limits. Have them proceed to the Alpha site until further notice. Effective immediately, the SGC is under lockdown. Who's that? That's just a gate technician. He fills in when Walter's not available. I guess Walter must have time off base. Gary Jones probably hates it. He does like his appearances. Yes. And the big door. We haven't seen that for a while. I went through one. They weigh approximately 15 tonnes. You really have to have good hinges. They are good hinges, you see the springs. It's a spring, but it's four inches thick, the coil. Oh, we have a tweet from Micah. Comment that I, I was blaming Anubis for our failed recording. Points out it could be replicators. Uh, no, kittens eat replicators. Of course, you don't have kittens. This is an excellent opportunity for you to get them. <laughs> I don't want kittens. We've got a couple of cats that do the circuit around the house. Oh, fun and games, people, fun and games. The recording just crashed again, so we're, uh, we may be missing a second or two. Strange enough, the recording crashed again while we were discussing the reasons the last recording crashed. Yeah, spooky. <laughs> okay, then, just trying to get back into sync. Hill is in the infirmary, overlooking uh, the injured Russian officer. I like this little scene. You've got Hill uh, looking through all the medical sheets. Look like they've come off some sort of dot matrix printer. All that's missing is a white lab coat. And, of course, the stethoscope. His condition is improving. Ooh, clever Tilk. Good. On Tilk. Do you really expect us to believe you are reading that and understanding it? I'm a Jaffa warrior, not a doctor. But not so bad as the time I went drinking with General Dashkevich in Novgorod. That was worse headache. Dr. Jackson is a good friend of yours, yes? Indeed he is. And that's why I killed his wife. Despite what you are thinking, you bear no responsibility for what has transpired. Well, maybe just a little bit. My presence here has resulted in the quarantine of this entire complex. Had you remained in your homeland, you would have faced a similar situation, only in a different setting. Again, through no fault of your own. Perhaps. But at the moment, I can't be sure of anything. Has your memory not yet returned? In my dreams, I... I have begun to see flashes. Glimpses of these past few days, walking these halls, talking to people. And yet, it's as if I'm not even here. Okay, I can see how that would be a little disturbing. I'm just a helpless observer inside my own body. Peter, Walter, quick, we've got another one. These observers are everywhere. One month ago, Anatoly Konstantinov fell ill after completing a tour on the International Space Station. Well, that's a big clue, isn't it? The strange behaviour on board the International Space Station. Now the cosmonaut got ill and is dead. 
Yes, you're asking, what are the unofficial channels? You think the Russian doctors wouldn't really be sharing their information with American doctors unless they knew them personally? Maybe she took a gap year. <laughs> yeah, she may have a special friend. Among the symptoms he exhibited were memory loss, skin lesions, and a highly elevated white blood count. Is there any connection to Colonel Vasilov? Apparently Vasilov visited Konstantinov in the hospital just before he died. They were old friends. They served together in the Russian Air Force. Why didn't they tell us this? The Russians determined that Konstantinov's condition wasn't contagious. Well, they're right. It wasn't contagious. Between the time he returned to Earth and the time he checked into the hospital, but no one else ever showed any signs of being infected. Makes it an oddly selective disease. Perhaps we were not dealing with a disease at all. Colonel Vasilov possessed only vague, random memories of his time at Storia Command. And yet the instances he could recall, he described himself as a mere observer to the actions of his body. I think we praise Tilk for jumping in with, you know, relevant information and insight halfway through the episode as opposed to the end. No, even halfway through the episode. A third of the way through the episode. An entity capable of moving from individual to individual might explain some of the inconsistencies. That's true. It could be in anyone right now. You know... You really think the SGC would be improved a lot by cordless phones? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the number of times I've left the cordless phone behind me somewhere. Daniel's awake. M7. You assume that's medical seven or something? Come on, please tell me what the hell is going on. You're recovering from a gunshot wound. What? You have no recollection of the incident. <laughs> no, who shot me? Don't change the subject. Avoid that question, avoid. Not important, Daniel. I uh, went to see Colonel Vasilov and. Right in the middle of our conversation, he collapsed, and I went to help him, and that's it. You don't remember accompanying him to the infirmary? No. I knew something agitated. Who shot me? I was hurt. I was going, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah, Till looked away. Yes, it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> you were shooting up the gate room. You wounded two guards. Think about this, Daniel. Last time you lost your memory, you woke up naked. This time you're in a nice, comfy bed surrounded by nurses. With a gown with probably no back. And it seems to be able to travel from person to person. Although at present we have no knowledge of how this is possible. Daniel? Ooh. And that shot looked more like a video game. A nice first-person shooter. I was a nervous. Probably a leap, but if anybody knows what he feels like, it should be Daniel. Mm -hmm. Rather, uh, Nubis was controlling me. Anubis is dead. No, he's not. No, you blew his spaceship up, and he isn't, you know, he isn't actual being of flesh and blood. You know that. You'd think that getting blasted out of orbit would have slowed the guy down. Now, that's a nice shot, that is. The briefing room from, well, from the gate, really, isn't it? Fresh angle. It's really zoomed in right through the glass. As a result, he exists purely as an immaterial being. Yes, sir. See, in the past when we encountered Anubis, the physical form we were seeing was actually a force shield designed to contain his essence. When it was destroyed, that essence was released. Anubis was trapped in Earth's orbit, inhabiting debris from his ship, millions of light years away from his power base. So he hitched a ride on a cosmonaut? Yes, sir. And then abandoned him for Colonel Vasilov. Okay. There's a prize to the first director that puts a glitter ball in the briefing room. I don't think we manage it. <laughs> there's still time. There's plenty of fan-made video productions out there. Go. Doing so would alert the ancients and only serve to bring down a wrath upon him. See, in order to interact with the physical world, he has to get himself a new shield. But he can't do that here on Earth. He'll need a body to dial the gate and get through. Eventually, Anubis will attempt escape again. 
Well, he's on the base. Obviously not going anywhere. Tell me there's something we can do. Yeah, Jack. How many times did Daniel tell him when he was ascended that he cannot actually intervene and do anything? What's the point of having freaky cosmic powers you can't play with? You can play all you want, but you're just not allowed to play with others. I suppose this whole... So this is on Anubis' uh, report then. Bracket doesn't play well with others. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit of an understatement, really, isn't it? <laughs> Joe's dangerous tendency towards anger and... <laughs> Very possessive. Doesn't share his toys. And takes other people's toys. Then smashes them. <laughs> Anubis, smash! No, it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. No, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> his essence. Essence by Anubis. Yes. Essence of Anubis by Calvin Klein. <laughs> Very busy infirmary at the moment. Here we go. The great scene where they discuss Alexis' condition and the only thing that's keeping... Is this magic soundproof curtain? Yes. I can't see a curtain now without picturing a kitten hiding behind it. They joked in the writing room when they did when they were doing the scene that Alexi would pop his head around the corner and actually say, I can hear you, you know. Another cat-like gesture. I'm a little cat obsessed. Sam. Dr. Brightman says he's not responding. She thinks the exposure may have simply gone on for too long. Damage is done. Oh, there has to be something we can do for him. Yeah, we've got some really good painkillers. Yeah, the problem with really good painkillers is they tend to address cognitive function. Frankly, I'd rather suffer. Makes you wonder if that's what Anubis's point of view was always like, even in his black hooded cowley type suit. Brings a whole meaning to the term fog of war. Yeah. I said the situation was contained. I did not say it was resolved. No, I can't do that. Command will stand or lock down until I decide otherwise. Of course, we get that view and in walks the doctor, which has you go yes, screaming it. Ah! <laughs> Putting a great big arrow pointing at her anyway. Pentagon. Getting a little antsy. They're not the only ones. Got a bunch of very anxious people out there. Yeah, I'll bet. What can I do for you, doctor? It's concerning Colonel Vasilov. His condition hasn't improved and he's not responding to treatment. Unless circumstances change, I'd give him a week, two weeks tops. I'll inform the Russians. Yes? Can I just go to the surface? I need to get something. <laughs> he says, what can I do for you? My immediate response will be, payroll's been nice. <laughs> he probably doesn't sign off on the actual salaries. Oh, nicely, sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you. No, no, I'm glad to see you are up and about. Are you being discharged? Yeah, Dr. Brightman caught me stealing jello from the other patient's tray, so she kicked me out of here. You're standing over me, watching me while I mm. sleep. Is there something I need to know? Ooh, I have jelly downstairs. Was it blue jello? Uh, no, I think it's pineapple, actually. It's got chunks of pineapple in. It's a little individual serving pot. I don't generally go for dessert, but I need to have. I don't remember when I last had jelly, stroke jello. Been years. When the lockdown has ended, could you see that she gets this? Alexi. The nurses have been careful not to say anything. That is always a bad sign. I'm not a great fan of trifles, so I don't have it in that either. Well, so many things are not to be trifles. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Besser could come over the short notes. His last few words to his family? Uh. The Americans did it. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to what they say. They poison me. Don't walk for the SGC, it's always fatal. <laughs> Apart from Gary Chalk, who seems to be the only surviving Russian officer. Well, he only pays a visit. He spends less than an hour in the SGC at any one time. <laughs> He's a nice guy. That holds true for everything in this world, myself included. I accept this. 
In the kingdom of hope, there is no winter. I prefer that one. No, it's a nice saying. Okay, Daniel. We know you know many languages. We are often discussing, I believe, at this point, your four words of Russian. Yet, da, Vladivostok. Vostok is a place, not a word. The shadow. Ah. Anubis from Daniel's point of view, and then the transfer. There should be a sloop noise. Into Lieutenant Evans, played by Holly Ferguson, who's been in The L Word and Jeremiah and Cold Squad. A lot of L Word people in this episode, including the male. Dr. Jackson? Lieutenant Evans. He's in Lieutenant Evans. That looks like a salad. If you're gonna have a salad, why are you having jelly? I mean, seriously. <laughs> That can't be a Nubus. Are you having the salad so you can have jelly? Have a great big piece of chocolate cake because she had a Diet Coke. I felt less guilty about the Chinese I got this evening because it's too knackered to cook because uh, I didn't actually bother with lunch. I bought lunch, but I couldn't bring it up to eat anything, so I figured I skipped a meal. I've had a slice and a half toast this morning. I've had nothing in 12 hours. I'm going to eat a bloody Chinese. She looks a bit out of depth here. She's probably not used to being interrogated by a colonel. I don't understand. Just tell me. Oh, dear. That's not good. Round and round Anubis goes. Lieutenant? I don't know. You don't know. Where is Ops? Jack? I can't remember. Come on, Jack. This is why you get the big money. Leo. I've been informed that Airman Malcolm McCaffrey has missed a scheduled appointment at the infirmary. He remains unaccounted for. Carter? Nervously, a camera. Now that look having the live video feed, it gives something more to the scene, doesn't mm-hmm. it? He was identified as man. <laughs> yeah, it's it? just a bracket man, bracket in Italian. Head down here. <laughs> General O'Neill, so apparently this person is simply known as man. Does he get a name? You're in Mr. Commentary, don't you? Ah, Major Kearney. Oh, that still looks painful at the same time. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, O'Neill here, go. This is Major Kearney. I've got a wounded man here. Claims he was jumped by Airman McCaffrey. We think he's headed for the control room. Advise caution, General. Do you recognise him, Alan? Sorry? Do you recognise him? You're right, it doesn't mean I... Oh. Well, remember, we have actually done this before. I know, but I've had a very long week. Do what he says. He's already shot one. Isn't it a shame the uh, energy didn't go through the gun into that guy's back? Yeah, and I still don't understand why they don't shoot the bloody thing with the sats. Where's the harm? Well, yeah, you lose nothing. You waste a bit of energy. Well, the power cell in the zat will keep it going for years. And you're not going to hurt the wall. No, or the uh, staircase. It probably cost $10,000 to actually do the special effect. Which is probably why they didn't. They could have cut away and made the noise. <laughs> already are in, Daniel. I know I said this before, but you are. I mean, like, might if I come in after three quarters of your body is through the door? It's sort of a moot point. Yeah, I mean, what if he says no? Then you've got to turn around and walk out, and you'll be upset. Look, I heard what happened. Anubis is still here. Daniel, he can pass through walls. 
He's welcome to leave the base at any time. He has to go through the Stargate, otherwise he's trapped on Earth. You're gonna milk this, aren't yeah. you, Daniel? Well, there's not much we can do. Can't kill him? No. Can't catch him? No. So... We let the Ancients deal with them. Yes, because they've always been so helpful. Daniel is a dear crow in this, considering we're nearly 30 minutes into a 42 minute episode. Daniel is revealing vital strategic information about Anubis now! We just have to, uh, take away his other options. Uh-huh. I assume you have a plan. <laughs> Why not? You know? <laughs> just I will employ the action will hurt. Probably, yes. Not having been shot, I'm not quite sure. Even on medication, it's going to hurt a bit. Speaking of someone who's injured the back, you don't realise until you have an injury to one side of your back how much of your entire chest and rear are engaged in doing something as simple as opening a door. Yeah. It's everything down to the hip. It's not just your arm. Power to the gate has been shut off and will no longer be accessible from the control room. Instead, it can now only be re-established from a relay centre located here in Zone 1. Control room, gate room, and surrounding areas have been designated zone two. Nice graphic. They use quite a bit in the rest of the episode because, like, oh, we've paid for this, we're going to show it a lot. Rather a boring base design, though, isn't it? You know, when you see things like underground bases in other sci fi shows or. Well, bottom line, it's missile silo, and yeah. they build, I believe, six of them. They're just standardised on the design because the parts can be interchangeable. Of course, it'd be the lowest bidder. It's not as if it's a private corporation building it. Daily physical examinations. Now, no one. Not even General O'Neill will be permitted access to a neighboring zone until lockdown ends. Any questions so far? Better not be, she's thinking. <laughs> With all due respect, Colonel, given everything we know about Anubis, do you really think this is going to stop him? The point is to make it impossible for him to get through the gate in the body of any one person. Now, when he realizes he can't get out that way, He'll have no choice but to risk revealing himself to the ancients. I still say he bears a certain resemblance to Cornemic with better hair. He does a bit. I'll refresh your memory then. Major Kern is played by Aaron Paul, a Canadian actor. He played Lieutenant Hammond in the episode 1969. Thank you for refreshing my memory. Yep. He's been in Supernatural, Fringe, The L Word, Battlestar Galactica, Smallville and Highlander. Was he in The L Word as a token man? I don't know what role he played. My guess is girlfriend probably turned out to be gay. Clunk. you got to like the real clunk. Mm. Makes a gate feel like it's actually made out of metal. Even if it is the same door being loaded with a different paintwork. <laughs> yeah, with a different decal on, that's all. <laughs> There's like doors, one goes sideways, one goes down. No, this doesn't seem as bad the second time around. Not as boring. My third time in a week. <laughs> Zone 3 secure. Zone 2 secure. Good luck. Are they in uh, power conservation mode? Is that a mustachioed guy who brought round Sal Rubinek's character? I don't believe it was. Oh, as we can see, the infirmary's very busy doing all the tests on the personnel, at least those that are in this area. I believe my comment at the time was, what, what, you're sucking the needle on me, am I? Oh, Zonk, yes. <laughs> you woke me up to tranquilize me. Hmm, I wonder who's guarding who, following lads. I've always had my doubts about Tilk. It's lonely at the top. Yes, mate, what are you looking at? Thank you very much. <laughs> Which is possibly the worst Elvis impression ever. O'Neill. Yes, Mr. President. President Hayes. Yes. Y yes, sir. Six days without incident. And on the seventh, he rested. Yes, all SG personnel present and accounted for. No, no one has shown any physical symptoms, sir. But that doesn't mean Anubis is gone. If the general leaves the door open, what can you do? Just listen. Since we're mentioning President Hayes... 
Didn't that actor pop up as the president in Dark Knight Rises? Yes, I believe he did. Because I watched it on Sunday with your friends. I haven't seen it yet. Ah, okay. I figured you had it this point. It isn't out yet, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I took the 45 minutes of Dark Knight on and said, Look, this is what IMAX on Blu-ray looks like. Yes. I've got 24 hours to re-establish normal gate operations. It was unreasonable to assume the lockdown could be maintained indefinitely. Yeah, I suppose. Listen up, guys. Attention. All personnel. This is General O'Neill. Oh, there's Tyler. Um, unnamed officer. Yes, probably another man. Richard. I've been cut off from your families, your homes. You're wondering how much longer this can go on. But the fact is... There's a threat on this base that cannot be allowed to escape. Dr. Brightman. That's not Dr. Brightman. Is that? No. The president has authorized me to maintain this lockdown indefinitely. Of course, if you concoct these plans, you shouldn't really leave your door open where anybody can listen in. Hmm. Lies make baby Gould cry. <laughs> I'm on the hell for that one. Yeah, so if you've got any kitties at home, <laughs> make the calls, because you ain't going. You just about know the camera's either on a steady camera or on a little remote control car. Go on the floor. <laughs> yes. Watch out, boys. It's a very odd-looking keyboard. I expect it to be Batlit. Hmm. Sorry, it could be a pronunciation, but that to me sounds like Batlit. Maybe because it's about Dark Knight. I think Sam could be infected by Anubis. Either that or she's just having a very bad few days. That's not saying infected. Let's say shared. Here's a point. Why is Anubis only knocking them out? Why not just kill them? I don't know. Two shots doesn't take much longer than one. Watch out, lad. Watch out. <laughs> this is not your day, is it, Daniel? No. Yes, and if Anubis disintegrated people, then you wouldn't have people recovering and going to find them. It's true. And I heard another that effect. I have a theory now, a new theory, which I'll come up with. Go on then. Go on then. I didn't recover that fast because he's on a lot of fairly heavy-duty painkillers, which may have cushioned the effect of the Zat gun. Ah, interesting. Yes, if it, if it deadens the nerves in the uh, mm -hmm. in your body and neuroreceptors in your brain. Good timing, though, by Anubis. Stroke Sam. You don't want to know what's on the screen, Daniel. Look away! Look away! Always get worried about countdowns, and they're very rarely a good thing. Indeed not. Proceed. Proceed to zap. What are you doing under there? Tilt, this is Daniel. Proceed, Daniel Jackson. Anubis has got Sam. She's headed your way. This is your chance, Tilk. Sorry, observing the cat, observing all the shiny wires behind the machine. <laughs> so, if there's silence on your end, she ripped, ripped off on the mat. That's proper dweep, dweep, dweep alarm. You really get a good alarm these days. Yeah. 
Oof. <laughs> yeah, that hit both of them. That time it did, didn't it? Yeah. Because you saw him sort of react backwards. Although he's probably thankful because he's going to wake up with one hell of a bruise. Okay, another chance, Jack. Shoot it. Shoot Anubis. Nope, we can't afford the effects budget. <laughs> okay, the implication there is that Anubis left the room. Mm. Jack? Go ahead. Anubis tampered with the security system. He set up a sequence of time commands. Kind of override, but we're not having much luck. Keep me posted. Nope, she's got bored. Try back downstairs to play with the carpet. Keep an eye on Kearney, you're with me. I'm going to say it's one big bluff. They just gave you enough of the shot to think, oh, Anubis has fled. Flee! General. Major. When I first saw this, I assumed Jack was running a big double bluff. He was going to force Anubis to react by setting off the nuke. Hmm. Did I just hear a siren on your end? Yes, you did. Okay. Major, base security is being compromised. Ready your key. That's an order. Why does Major have the other key? Surely at least at colonel level. Yes, sir. You would have thought so, yes. Maybe two or three officers have the second key, just in case one of them's uh, indisposed or dead. Well, dead would be indisposed, it's just rather more permanent. From three, two, one, turn. Five minutes Oh, God. <laughs> and he's not possessed or anything, she just elbowed someone in the face, probably broke his nose. <laughs> you did good, son. Uncle Lucas knows Jack quite well. Well, that is pretty much what Jack could say, isn't it? Mm. With Sam, you know, it were all business, or very clinical. Come on, Alexi. All them wires, rip them out. Do the Hulk bit. Tealk, you have to give me access to the base computer. Someone activated the self-destruct. Let me shut it down. You are infected. I was infected. Anubis left me for someone else. So if that was Anubis, you'd think he'd actually listen to your warning, Tilk. Mm-hmm. I'm not Anubis. It's me, Carter. Three minutes till self-destruct. Tealk, please. Yes, but that, of course, was Anubis Woodson. Yes. Very well. There is no way to tell. See, that shouldn't work. Nope, said that before, we'll say it again. Tilk, you're far too trusting. Bang. You know, that's the general scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Tilk, you're far too trusting, splat. It's interesting that the airmen actually go along with Tilk as well. And I'll say it again. It's two people with keys to engage it, and all it takes is one super genius stop it. Yes, that's probably what happens when you let her design the actual self-destruct code. <laughs> she left the back door open. Oh, it's all countdowns today. activated the gig. I wonder who. Hey, it's cool. It spins and steam comes out. <laughs> Tilk, this is Daniel. I think Anubis is headed for the gate room. Yeah, just in case you don't recognise my voice. Okay, we've known each other for nearly eight years. Here's Jackie boy. Now that view should have been at a greater angle because it looked like it was from the uh, control room. Probably tackle. Good tackle. <laughs> Stand aside. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Good standoff, this is. You need a body to go through the gate. Take mine. Take mine or I'll kill us both. 
Well, no, didn't. Alma didn't. When is Anubis? Well, that's it. That Anubis' old problem. He hasn't properly descended, has he? He's kind of in limbo. To me, uh, wouldn't I cut the gate off when he's halfway through? Yeah. Perhaps they have a plan. At the time, it said, is this courage? If you know you're going to die, is it sacrificing yourself? Is that courageous? Or is it just integrity? Is that the same thing? Not necessarily. Alexei made his peace with his friends and family. Mm. You know, He knew he was going to die, so he used his death in a useful manner. Indeed. I'd like to say it's human, but it's very, very military. Mm. Oh, General, I'm OK. Yes. We really need to get this floor carpeted. It's cold and hard lying on here, and my bones are old. I'm getting too old for this. He got through, didn't he? Sort of. I was able to override the established dialing sequence and then put an alternate address. I sent him to KS7535 instead. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Chilly. That's a obstacle. <laughs> I had five seconds. More than enough. That's all man needs. I even remembered what planet to send him to. You can see how heavy the snowfall is. The gate's been activated. It should have vaporised half the snow there. Yep. Yet it's already built up at least two feet in seconds. Two seconds. So it looks like we won't be seeing Anubis again because there's nowhere he can go unless somebody comes through that gate by accident. And that was lockdown. Sorry for the rush this week, folks. We had recording problems, as, as we've mentioned, so this second recording on Multipooled Watched was a bit rough and ready. Second dirty was the official phrase. But it's done now. We can even use it as a hashtag. <laughs> Surprisingly, on first viewing, it wasn't as bad as the second viewing. No. But most of the action can seem to take place in the first 15 or 16 minutes, and it's all locked down. Absolutely. <laughs> she get you. No, she's decided to try and walk through the uh, cable attaching the headphone to the PC. <laughs> now she's decided to try and use my leg as scratching post. Well, you will have two of them, won't you? <laughs> they play together. Ah, oh, lovely. The company for each other during the day. <laughs> I'm at the door uh maybe quarter past eight. I wouldn't leave any animal alone for that long. I know they're recording the mini mini box. That was Lockdown, the fourth episode of the eighth season of SG1. Thanks for joining us, and next week we are returning to Atlantis with the episode Hide and Seek, which is the third, or second, depending upon how you count the feature premiere. Jinto gets lost while playing with his friend, and he discovers a lab with an active experiment running, which then threatens the very existence of the city. And let's not forget McKay finding a personal shield, which will then not turn off, meaning no food or water for him. As always, feedback on that episode or this one just gone is most welcome. In fact, any comments or thoughts on our show, or more importantly, Stargate in general, is in high demand. We want to hear from you, and for everyone to feel that they can be part of the show, from joining us to record an episode, or simply sending a few words in on email or tweeting. If you want to get in touch, then our email address is thegatecast at gmail.com, and there is a feedback contact form over on gatecast.co.uk. You can also do a search on iTunes, Facebook, Google+, and Stitcher for Gatecast. And on Twitter, we are under The Gatecast, which is one word. Right, that was Lockdown. Next week, as I said, hide and seek. Take care, stay safe, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye-bye.